You're listening to an analysis story on the audio version of The TIE. Thanks for listening. The TIE is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetie.ca and become a TIE builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel anytime. A New Coal Mine, Caribou, and the BC Government By Robin Allen Jessica Dempsey, September 19, 2022 The road to the Sukunka Mine is paved with false promises. The BC government is currently deciding whether to approve development of the open-pit coal mine within critical caribou habitat in northeast BC. Other governments, Salto First Nations and West Moberly First Nations, say the mine, about 55 kilometers south of Chetwind, will spell the end for the fragile and beleaguered quintet caribou herd. The BC government's own caribou recovery program maintains the mine would significantly hinder the herd's recovery. But Glencore, the London-based multinational mining giant behind the project, promises it will mitigate and offset the mine's impacts on caribou and bring economic benefits. The corporation says it will invest $450 million and provide jobs over the mine's projected 20-year life producing coal for steel plants. Should we believe it? Research suggests we should not. We only need to look at the track record of other coal mines in the region. In the 1980s, the BC and federal governments poured billions into the Northeast Coal Project to encourage mining. They believed that a coal boom at the Quintet and Bolmos mines would repay their investments, which included building the town of Tumbler Ridge, a port, rail line, highway and power system. But the project instead incurred a net loss of $2.8 billion, of which the BC government had to pay $400 million. Only 55% of the projected employment materialized and quickly evaporated when the mines shut when coal prices fell. Still, more mines followed in the region. Our research on three of them, Wolverine, Brule and Willow Creek, shows a similar story. The three mines promised $250 million in taxes and 12,245 person years of employment. Only 59% of the jobs were created and were highly boom and bust as the mines opened and closed regularly. Only $86 million in corporate taxes were paid between 1999 and 2019. And our research suggests it's likely those have since been refunded to the company. Glencore now promises 385 direct jobs during operation with 40% of the workforce expected to be hired from outside BC. It projects paying $230 million in corporate taxes over 20 years. But they use the same faulty models and assumptions as these other mines did when preparing their projections. There is no reason to think Sukunka will perform any better than the mines that have come before it. The most likely outcome is that British Columbians will be left with little more than a legacy of environmental impacts. Indeed, the federal government has determined that there is an imminent threat to caribou herds in this region and identified the quintet herd as being a particular concern. Why? Because the caribou's quintet range is already at least 76% disturbed, far above the 35% disturbance threshold the federal government says gives herds a 60% chance of survival. To greenlight another mine in this area would destroy more critical habitat and displace the remaining caribou just when they have a chance to start to recover. The quintet herd cannot afford these new impacts. In a technical report prepared for Sukunka's environmental assessment, Environment and Climate Change Canada is clear 
the Sukunka mine would compromise the herd's recovery. Retired Salto Chief Ken Cameron puts it even more strongly, this mine will drive the quintet herd to extinction, the same fate suffered by the neighboring burnt pine herd just 10 years ago. Glencore also promises to mitigate Sukunka's negative effects for caribou, including by offsetting habitat loss and directing $3.3 million towards wolf culling, what Glencore calls a predator management offset. There is no research to back up the effectiveness of these measures. In fact, R and others' research shows the provincial and federal governments routinely accept empty mitigation promises with no evidence of their effectiveness and scant follow-up to determine if they worked. Ongoing caribou decline is experiential proof that such measures are inadequate. The BC government's ability to make sound decisions about caribou has been formally and repeatedly called into question. BC appellate courts have twice found that mining infrastructure and other industrial disturbances are an infringement on the rights of Treaty 8 First Nations. The Sukunka mine will destroy quintet habitat and without habitat protection recovery of the quintet herd is not possible. The past evidence makes crystal clear that the only sound, science-based, and Treaty 8-aligned decision is for the BC government to join the West Moberly and Salto governments and reject the proposed Sukunka mine. Thanks for stopping by the Taiyi today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to the Taiyi.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big, big thank you to all of our Taiyi builders who made this story possible.